0: Hello and welcome to Tales from the Hook. My name is Katie Kelleher, aka Katie Cranes, and I am going to be your host for the next half an hour. In this podcast, I'm going to be deep diving into the construction industry. I'm going to be looking into topics such as skills, apprenticeships, some interesting life journeys, and everything in between. Who knows what may happen? This podcast has been very kindly sponsored by our friends over at Libra. If you want to find out more about Libra's products or brilliant innovations, please click the link at the bottom. On today's Tales from the Hook, a National Apprenticeship Week special, we have the fantastic Rachel Rag, and I am completely excited. I follow Rachel on Instagram, and her Instagram is the most fascinating page you'll ever see. I haven't oversold it at all. Honestly, you need to check it out. I'll get Rachel to drop it in at the end. But Rachel is a stonemason at Lincoln Cathedral, a former apprentice stonemason, uh, recently graduated. If if we if we call it graduated, um, and a self-proclaimed history nerd. Welcome, yeah. Rachel.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so I was just talking to Rachel before, and I'm like, I am so excited you've come on. I I am I am fully, fully, fully excited to have you here. No pressure, no pressure, no pressure <laughs> at all. No, just be yourself. Be yourself. Um so Rachel, a stonemason. It's it's not very common, and it's. I think that's yeah. why your Instagram is one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen because I've never, ever seen it before or heard about it before. It's one of those weird ones where, like,
1: people don't know it exists. It's like you're walking around looking at all these, like, big stone buildings, like castles and cathedrals and even, like, new builds that are, like, done in stone, and it never occurs to you that, like, someone had to make that because it's such, like, a slow... Process, I think, in this day and age when everything is so fast and immediate, it doesn't occur to people that there is still like quite a slow paced craft out there that's still doing a lot of stuff by hand.
0: And then when people find out what I do, they're like, whoa, I didn't think that existed anymore. they kind of I, I don't know I kind of expect you to be walking around in like dusty robes and, and
1: okay. yeah, like medieval like full medieval <laughs> like it's, drinking like mead
0: <laughs> it, it's really big when I, I was talking to my dad about you coming on earlier and I was like oh this girl Rachel's coming on she's a stonemason he was like oh right where does she what, what he knew immediately he's like what cathedral does she work at I was like oh Lincoln <gasps> Cathedral It's was like I used to know someone who's a stonemason he said someone can have that job for the whole of their life and not go anywhere else or do anything else and just maintain that cathedral which is essentially what you do right
1: yeah so we have we're really lucky at lincoln cathedral we're one of i think it's 10 cathedrals so there's like 42 cathedrals in the country i think it's 10 cathedrals that just have their own dedicated works departments so like a team that has a workshop on site and they're just dedicated to like the maintenance and the upkeep of the building because like lincoln's nearly a thousand years old there are older ones that they're really old and they need taking care of and so yeah we have like programs of works that are like five years 15 years 25 years 100 years like of what they intend to do to maintain the building so we're just on it all the time like yeah
0: I could be there for the rest of my life I find I honestly I find this absolutely amazing I'm blown <laughs> away when you thinking back to when you're at school and stuff did you <laughs> I mean what did you sit there and go this this is what I want to do this is this is where I need to be
1: Yeah, like, eight-year-old me, like, I'm going to be a stonemason. It was mermaid or stonemason. Like, they were the only options. (laughs) Where did it
0: come from? I mean, it's... You know what?
1: Like, I went, see, I went to uni because I've always been quite, like, I've loved making stuff and crafting. I've been quite, like, arty and quite creative. Um, And because I, like, did art at, like, sixth form and stuff, I, I was kind of of that generation because I'm nearly 35 now so I'm like getting on a bit but I was kind of of that generation in the early 2000s where like you were kind of forced to go to uni like if you could go to uni you were kind of pressure was put on like you have to go to uni even if you didn't know what you wanted to do it was just like pick something so yeah. I went to uni did fine art like loved all the creative stuff but all the academic stuff wasn't really for me I didn't really get much out of it Um, And kind of around the time I went to uni, I did see an apprenticeship advertised at the cathedral and it's kind of always stuck in the back of my mind like that would be amazing, like imagine if I could do that. So then like at the age of 29, I was kind of between jobs and this like bursary ship, which is kind of like it's an apprenticeship, but if you're a bit older because i know sometimes you can be a bit too old to get the funding to become an apprentice and i was 29 so there was this bursary made available through the national lottery heritage scheme that was going to pay for um,
0: people to retrain Amazing. and i'd like applied for it and i got it and i've never looked back that is and do you know what you, when you're talking about your journey and how you did it <laughs> English literature, Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to do art, but I went to a load of art colleges with my artwork and I was a little bit lazy and I couldn't get into any of them. And then I chose to do English literature. And it was exactly what you describe it because it was the thing that we did. And we didn't, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't necessarily get good uh, advice about what I should do afterwards or what I, should, what I how I should pick something yeah, there is no advice. Way. They're just no. like,
1: quick, go to uni. And then you're at uni and then you finished uni and you're like, what do I do now? I'll just work in a shop to pay my rent. Cool. And that's <laughs> it. Like you get no like, careers advice, no help. Like, I don't know anyone that I did my degree with who is actually working like in the industry, in the art industry, like practicing really? as an artist. Cause like, what, yeah, the help was so like just non-existent. And it pre- really was. Like, the availability of apprenticeships, like or the awareness
0: of it, like didn't exist. Oh, do you know what talking to you is like talking to myself, and it's you um, know in, in a weird way, but <laughs> these conversations that I often sit and have on my own. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know anything about apprenticeships. I didn't know apprenticeships existed, or that you could do degree apprenticeships or non-degree apprenticeships. Yeah, and you could train and learn things, and,
1: and I, I wish I'd known that and. You know, you could like earn as you're learning and like actually have a job. And yeah, there's all these like apprenticeships and things that you don't even know exist. Like when I retrained, um, so I was 29, I got this bursary and it's a, an apprenticeship in stonemasonry is three years. So you do your level two and level three NVQ in um, banker masonry. So that's wow. a banker mason is the person who does the carving. So it's kind of working the stone, carving the stone. And I did mine at the York College. And so I did um, so many weeks at Lincoln Cathedral working. And then we did like a block release. So I'd do like two weeks at college in York doing the kind of NVQ stuff. And while I was there, it was like a whole new world. Like I hadn't been like, I hadn't been at uni in like, 10 years so i'd been out of the system for so long and then you go back to a college and there are all these teenagers and i'm like 29 years old i look like one of the teachers but there was like it's just a whole college of apprentices and you can do apprenticeships in everything i was amazed like I, all this stuff that you could like be doing that i never knew about
0: i mean that's not a, pro- a popular apprenticeship i don't think they offer these at Orpington <laughs> college up the road how, how, no. how, do, how do you go about finding an apprenticeship like that So it's usually, if you
1: want to be like a heritage mason, so I'd describe myself as a heritage stonemason. Stonemasonry is kind of like a broad term. So um, you could have like memorial masons who specialize in like you know, memorials doing like gravestones, like letter cutters. Um, and then there are like fixer masons that are usually on site building, like working with stone, maybe building new builds out of stone, dry stone walling, and then heritage masons that are upkeeping things like cathedrals and castles. Um, And then there's just people that are doing like granite worktops and going into fancy hotels and doing like marble bathrooms. And these are all stonemasons. But it's a case of, for me, it was through the cathedral. I saw the cathedral wanted an apprentice, so I applied and then they would then put me through college. Um, You can do, like, a full-time apprenticeship course through the college and then find a company afterwards. It's kind of like you either find a company and they put you through your apprenticeship or you go to the college, do, like, your first year full-time and then find a company to work for.
0: It's a bit of a oh, weird one. Wow. I imagine the best things to find the co- – just – guessing. I imagine the best thing is yeah. to find a company first. You don't want to kind of find yourself at a loose end. At the
1: Yeah, Although... kind of find a good company that is willing to put you through an apprenticeship.
0: And yeah, that's the best uh, is bit. It, Was there a lot of people doing your apprenticeship? Was
1: there... there was, I think there was about twenty people doing it, but I think there was only three of us from cathedrals. There were a lot of commercial companies. But they came from all over because there's so few colleges actually doing masonry. I feel like there's only three or four colleges in the country that do it. So York being in the middle. We had, like, apprentices coming from, like, Wales and Coventry and Durham and,
0: like, all these places just to train in that's York. A, that's a, that's a, it's like a secret sect, I swear to God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, like, it's just amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm really, really, really blown away. And when you kind of – when you took this upon and you kind of told your friends and family that – I mean, because it's quite a change from working in a shop to going, yeah. I'm going to go and work in a cathedral and be a stonemason <laughs> and I'm going to smash it. How do you all feel about that? What did they say? Do you know what? Like,
1: my mum loved it because she was like, yes, women in construction, feminist points. Like, I feel <laughs> like if I'd have said at the age of 18, like, I'm going to work in construction and get an apprenticeship... I think my parents would have been, like, really disappointed just because of the time when it was. Yeah. And, like, like my brother went to uni and, like, all my, like, relatives went to uni and they're quite academic. I feel like if I'd have done it when I was 18, it would have been, like, oh, no, she's failed somehow because she hasn't gone to uni. It would have been, like, shocking. But, like, at the age of 29, my mum's, like, yeah, retraining, feminism, awesome. So, like,
0: she loves it. She thinks it's ace. <laughs> I think, you know, and it's... the. It's kind of the same conversation my mum had with me when I sort of retrained as, as an older apprentice as well um, and my life had just gone downhill and <laughs> I think she was just really glad I was doing something really worthwhile yeah no, to be fair
1: I think my mum was the same I was just working in shops like I was skint all the time and
0: miserable oh thank god she's doing a good job yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud no, no, it's, a, it's absolutely amazing and it, I mean walking in as you're on your first day to the cathedral not having done this before or mm. I, I'd imagine you hadn't done anything like this no, before never, in never day to day. Well, how, how did that feel and how did everyone kind of respond to you
1: do you know, everyone was I've been really Lucky I think Like I hear a lot Of stories from A lot of women um, Who work in masonry Or the kind of On sites And in bricklaying And stuff And you hear all these Like horror stories Of like the way Like people are treated And I just think I was so so lucky That in our workshop it is quite intimidating Because I was The only girl There at that time For like a short Period of time When I first started I was the only girl And it was just All blokes But they were all Kind of a similar age They are all In their 30s right. I think there was like five of us there who were all in the same school year basically like we're all like 29 30 at the same time so I think because we were a similar age had like similar sense of humor and we could like get on I just got really lucky that we had a really like solid team and it was yeah. just like really nice and I was just so like overwhelmed
0: and excited to be there anyway that that just like overshadowed anything. I think honestly I think it's um I think it's a really nice way to start, and you've kind of got that that closeness and people who are your similar age, and you can kind of just crack on with it. And I mean, how was the learning process for that? Was it was it something you struggled with, or was it something you took to really um, easy? It's you've got to have a lot of patience, like
1: it's kind of I think it's the same for all stonemasons I think every stonemason you speak to will say the same thing that all they did for like weeks and weeks and weeks was just make things flat and it's so boring but like you have to do that because masonry is just flat surfaces like even the curved things they're just like hundreds of flat surfaces you have to be able to make something perfectly flat to within like a millimeter tolerance so they just give you like a Big block, draw like a line around it and go take that down by an inch, make it perfectly flat. So you spend right. like all week making it perfectly flat and you're dead proud of yourself. And then like your tutor will come up and be like, Yeah, that's good, do it again. And then you'll spend all week making it flat, and then he will be like, Yeah, that's great, do it again. And you just like keep doing that until they like break you. And then it's
0: like, Okay, you could do something different this week. Is that like the testing process? Yeah, i like to see who they can break first. It's like, before we let you on the gargles, you're going gonna... <laughs> really... yeah. to... I don't even know why I think, thought of gargoyles. Just, yeah. Yeah. I guess this is kind of people's perceptions of what you actually do, isn't it? It's very different to what you do.
1: Yeah, there's loads of stuff. Like we can, yeah, carving is part of it. So we'll get to like carve like nice things like flowers and crockets and all the fancy stuff. But we also have to do like just the plain ashlar, which is just the building blocks. So it's everything from just like a plain block to like something fancy or some tracery. And how many people do this
0: with you, Rachel, at Lincoln?
1: At the moment, there are
0: one, two, three, four... Right, right, Glenn. <laughs>
1: five. There's five. five of us, but that's including the head mason. So he's not really on the tools. He's kind of like the manager and he's dealing with a lot of stuff. So there's four of us in the workshop actually like carving
0: stone full time. Honestly, I I, I I keep saying it, but I am fascinated by this. I just I, <laughs> my perception of how I you must see things that nobody would ever see in these buildings and and things that were put in there, you know, a hundred years ago. and That's the best bit. It's like I try and explain it to people. It's
1: a bit like time travel. Like we'll be like up on a scaffold. Like even when a scaffold goes up, the first time you go up on that scaffold and you're like on the roof or like accessing a bit of cathedral you're like the last time someone was up here was like 600 years ago which is crazy and you get all these amazing views and you see like graffiti like really high up that must have been put there by like a mason or like a mason's mark that was put there hundreds of years ago and you're like the
0: kind of first person to see it it's really cool that is fascinating. and I think I didn't I see on your Instagram once when you were like lifting the floor and there was like something underneath there and oh yeah the door. I, I don't know why that stuck <laughs> that stuck with me I don't know.
1: If People mention that to me. I just sort of thought that was a cute thing, but quite a few people mention that to me. I'm always really surprised that that's like, oh, that's the thing that people remember, like the trapdoor.
0: The trap <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah. yeah.
1: in the cathedral, there's just, because uh, hundreds of years ago, there was an earthquake, weirdly, in Lincolnshire. Right. And the, yeah, the cathedral fell down, and rather than, like, clean it up, they just laid the floor over the rubble. So there's, like, a random trapdoor in the middle of the cathedral, and you lift it up, and there's, like, a big carved capital that would have been up at the top and is now under the floor so it's basically just a medieval bodge
0: that no I mean it is I mean I think I love the idea of like these secrets and I think I've always loved the idea of these secrets these kind of hidden doors and tunnels and I suppose it's very Harry Potter isn't it Of me yeah (laughs) I've been been playing Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy it's probably where a lot of this is coming from at the moment (laughs) And then Dumbledore comes along, and it's it's a fantastic job. We just get our broomsticks. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to come work with you. It sounds brilliant. (laughs) Um, So, Rachel, I mean, what skills do you need if 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 someone's listening to you and they're like a bit like me, absolutely fascinated and thinking this is great? And I'd imagine first off, I'd imagine that there aren't too many places for people to just go into this, and there is an (laughs) element of.
1: Do you know what? I think you'd be surprised. I think it's one of those ones where there aren't many, but we really need stonemasons. Right. We've got so much, like... Built heritage and so many stone buildings in this country. Like, even the littlest village will have a parish church. Like, there are so many old buildings that need looking after that we've actually got like a shortage of heritage craftspeople. And it's because there are so few, there are so few colleges teaching it. But then we've got like, we're crying out for more, if that makes sense. Right, so, okay. even it's like a job for life and it feels like there aren't that many jobs, like commercial companies that specialize in heritage masonry are just really busy because it's needed. These listed buildings
0: need working on, they need masons. So what do you you need to be good at? Do do you think your kind of background in art helps you in this Um,
1: I don't think you especially have to be artistic if you're going to go down like the hardcore carving route and do like proper like faces and like beautiful like Michelangelo style carvings then yeah art helps but just for like masonry for banker masonry or a fixer mason or anything like that you don't need to be creative I'd say you need to be really patient It definitely helps if you if you're one of these people who can just like zone out and like concentrate on one thing. It's quite like meditative and it's like a bit Zen. Like if that's your mindset, then and if you like working outside and working with your hands and just like crafting stuff, then yeah. And you don't necessarily have to be strong. I think there's a misconception that cause like stone is heavy, you have to be like a big, strong, burly bloke, but you don't at all. We've got so much like equipment and modern lifting gear to deal with that. There's like no need for you to have to lift anything that's too heavy for you, like ever. Like well, see, no li- lifting
0: gear, I can actually understand. <laughs> that's yeah, a little less. a little less <laughs> yeah. mystical to me. That's um, yeah. That's that's kind of feasible. I can understand lifting gear and getting things yeah. into place. And um, no, and um, so what? So you need a lot of patience to do this. I probably, yeah. I probably lack in the patience department. Um, you need maybe a, a little bit of a, a detailed eye
1: yeah i think a detail and like a care for what you're doing because you're working on like these historic buildings so you have to a lot of people that work in heritage masonry really care about the buildings they're working on and they really care about their craft so i think it attracts people that are just like really into the history or into the architecture so i think it helps if you're kind of into that so you can get this yeah like kind of love for it um yeah. And I think just, yeah, patience and um, not being scared of pigeons really helps. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like pigeons. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's it kind of it really. And not like being afraid of just getting dirty, like, cause you're going to be on site, like sometimes in the rain, like chopping out and getting dusty. Like you, yeah, you're going to get really dusty. So just not being afraid of getting stuck in and getting dirty.
0: I guess every day can be really different if you're on that kind of project and the scale of things that you have to do and things that like when you were saying earlier some things are kind of like five years and some things are 15 years that need replacing or redoing or and I mean that's I mean that's massive scale I mean do you do you see yourself working in in this job for the rest of your life
1: oh definitely yeah this is like yeah I'm basing my entire personality on this from now on like this is like who I am now this is all I do (laughs) (laughs)
0: Rachel Yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's fantastic. There's so few people, I think, in this day and age that think of a job as for life. Yeah, and and really dedicate themselves to it. And I I'm going to throw a sideline question in here, a real sideline. <laughs> do you you know with the cathedral and buildings, do you think they have a kind of a personality to them? Um, This is a real sideline question, I really Yeah, no, I love this. This is great. No, I think they do have a personality, especially
1: when they're, like, older buildings and, like, like the cathedral in particular, like... So, like, right, I did a TED Talk last year and the way I put it in that TED Talk was that a heritage building like a cathedral wasn't just, like, designed by an architect and built by one team in, like, a couple of months. It was built over hundreds of years and added to and expanded. So you've got to think about these big heritage buildings as like a big patchwork blanket. And each kind of section of that patchwork is a different craftsperson who has worked on it over hundreds of years. So all I'm doing is just contributing to that like patchwork blanket. I'm just adding my story to the building. So the building is just full of the hands of the craftspeople, like the lead workers, the joiners, the glazers, the masons that are just adding to the personality of the building
0: that is so everyone leaves kind of a, a legacy behind a yeah. little piece of themselves
1: you, you get like a sense of being part of something bigger than yourself it's not just about me and like me working on that building it's like being part of that team and the team that like stretches back hundreds of years like you get to be a part of that and that's an amazing feeling
0: that is that is great I, honestly and did you think you know these little areas that people work on and things. Can you kind of identify? Do people have their own style? I oh, know I'm sidelining again, but <coughs> yeah, no, do people definitely. So you like oh, that, that's Ted from sixty <laughs> yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. That's definitely his work. Just see it. in him. work there, and then, yeah,
1: <laughs> I think you can. I mean, even as far back as so Lincoln um, has got some like decorative like carvings on the front that it's really famous for these Romanesque frieze panels, and they were carved in the twelfth century, so about thick end of. 800 years ago i'm trying to make sure i get my dates right this isn't like my area of expertise but um i was talking to one of the um, carvers at work and they kind of really looked at they really they did so much work on these freeze panels because they're really internationally significant and by examining them they could tell that they were carved by three different people and they could pick up the hand of the different carvers and people that study carvings can identify like so Like, there are two or three different styles in this whole building, and they can match styles and say there must have been two carvers working on this and three carvers working on this. So, even as far back as 800 years ago, you can see like the hand and the personality of the person who worked on
0: it. So, do you think like hundreds of years in the future, somebody will be looking at your work and go, oh, that's that's Rachel, Rachel, who worked here in two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: they'll be able to look at the building and go, I wonder who did that? And then they'll go on the Instagram archives
0: and go, oh, I was there. No, I just want them to know. I just want them yeah. to look at it and then, uh, sorry. I, I, know, I know I come up with these oddball questions and the things that just come into my head while I'm thinking about it. But, no, it's um, great. I didn't even write these ones down, you can imagine. <laughs> no it's great i love talking about stuff like this it's yeah <laughs> I, I one thing i'm curious about as well rachel so obviously it's a cathedral so you're going to have um things going on uh, yeah ceremonies church ceremonies things like that so how does your day to so what does a day in your life working life look like and what would a week in your working life look like
1: yeah, so like it is it is an active building, it's an active cathedral and it's not just like, well, it's primarily a place of worship so we have to be respectful of that. So even if like, I personally am not religious, but I still have to be respectful of the fact that it is a religious building. So there'll be like timetables like every week will go up. We have quiet times, like on certain days, we're not allowed to make noise before 8.30, then other days 9.30, then between 12 and 12.30, we've got to be silent. And so there are these like quiet times that we have to like slot our breaks around where because they have services and then they'll have things like graduations will be held there for the university or they'll have like a funeral or even like big events like they have theater companies come in and that definitely affects our work because we have to make sure we're not in the building at certain times but I mean like at the moment my every day because it's the winter we're in the workshop carving stones so we don't go in the building anyway and then once it gets to spring and it starts to warm up then we'll be out on site Fixing all the stones that we've worked in the winter, like actually on the building. So it's kind of like the years kind of split into two. It's like when it's cold, we're inside carving, and when it's warm, we're outside fixing. But then it's still quite reactive so something could happen like oh we need a crane for something and so yeah. we have to like organize that and do road closures and put up fencing and we all have to be like sorting that out or there might be a pigeon stuck in the roof so we have to go save the pigeon <laughs> or there's yeah. just like random little things that
0: pop up so yeah so yeah i suppose your we your your years are kind of seasonal your yeah. weeks are a little bit unpredictable <laughs> yeah
1: yeah definitely like I could go into work tomorrow fully expecting to be in the workshop carving the same role mold I've been working on all week and I might turn up and my boss might turn around and go someone's broken a slab in the nave so you need to go and fix that so then that's right. like well I'm not in the workshop anymore now I'm in the nave now I have to fit around like services and bear in mind like tours and stuff like that and it just changes your whole day
0: one thing I don't, I find it hard to grasp from, from your Instagram, but is you know, when you're carving these panels and how long? I mean, it, I know how long's a piece of string, how big's a panel? <laughs> it's a bit like when someone asked, How long does it take to climb up a crane? It was like, How big is yeah. the crane? You yeah, know, how but, big is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what is the time that you put into That's, to these? Yeah, that
1: is like. My most asked question I think really? I get that question I think how long does it take and what happens if you break the wrong bit off I like the questions I get asked like every day um, <laughs> that's gonna t- be you know, my follow-up
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it takes as long as it takes like the stone on my Instagram at the moment I know that isn't very helpful because this is a podcast you can't really see Pe- but, people like, need to look after this yeah. I think they'll all be looking <laughs> so, like the role mold that I'm doing at the moment might take three days I've you can do a stone in half a day. You can do a stone that will take two or three weeks. It's just the complexity of the stone depends how long it takes. And it, it takes as long as it takes because they've got to be right. You can't rush it. It has to be perfect. So it just takes as long as it takes.
0: <laughs> sorry, that was my phone. That's <laughs> no problem. Do people <laughs> – um, so you're not under like a, a time limit. People are like, why are you doing this? You're not quick enough we do have like deadlines they do take into
1: consideration so when we we kind of work around the cathedral in like sections so the section we're on at the moment is the chapter house and we're doing that for the next couple of years or have been doing it for a year or two we've probably got a year left so they do kind of time frame it and say we've got this many years to do this and they kind of program it all in um but they do a lot they do know how long it takes to work stone so they know stone will take like weeks and weeks and weeks yeah so that is kind of timetabled in
0: I'm going to follow it up with the question you already gave me, which is what yeah. happens when it breaks off.
1: <laughs> if, if it, if in it breaks skin. off, if you knock <laughs> the nose
0: off of something or the if end you've off of spent it.
1: Like, yeah, if you've spent like a whole week working one stone and then right towards the end, like you break a bit off or you find a vent in the stone and it splits in half, you um, throw your chisels down, go for a really <laughs> long walk until you've cooled down, go for a walk around the block, and then you come back, chuck it in the skip and get
0: another bit and start again. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's where that's also where the patience comes in. Yeah. You are a, there, yeah. Are there many women who do this job, Rachel?
1: Um, there are, yeah. There's definitely more men. It's definitely like, you know, bricklaying and plastering and all these kind of trades. Yeah. It's definitely a male-dominated or male-populated industry. Yeah. Um, but there are definitely more women doing it. I think um, York, Minster are super lucky. I think they're 50-50. They've got oh, wow. loads of Masons, and they're 50% women, 50% men, which is great. That's awesome. But, yeah, there are a significant amount of women that are doing it or starting to get into it, which is awesome.
0: I think that's brilliant. I think, it, you know, cause we're, we're on the same kind of tradie groups, aren't we? And yeah, this- and there's not you you know a lot of these trades, plumbing, electricians, working on site, there's just not that many women who do it. And I think the fact that yeah. you're saying there are quite a few and there's more getting into it is really positive. Yeah, I think I think
1: oh, I nearly said kids nowadays. They're not kids; they're young adults. The they're just younger than me. <laughs> I think like yeah, young women nowadays are more aware of what's out there. I feel like there's more like availability or like awareness of what they can do, and there's less stigma around not going to uni, getting a trade. So I think it's better than when I was at school. Like it could be better, but it's definitely
0: better than when I was at school. Do you think the rise of the Instagram influencer, I'm going to throw it out there, (laughs) it might be to thank for some of that, that this kind of awareness and this visibility is kind of building?
1: Yeah, I think visibility on Instagram, on like TikTok and Instagram and social media has helped a lot. I think it can be, I mean, you know, like all social media, it can be pretty harmful if it's not used properly. It can be pretty toxic. That is, I'm so sorry. Do you know what? I'm just going to put this on silent. That's my no, husband. No, you're all right. Does he, does he really need you? Do you want to answer it? No, it's fine. He <laughs> can, no. Hang on, I will answer that question again. I'm so sorry. No
0: problem, no, no, at all. I'll have a little <laughs> no, I think
1: bottle. like I think social media, like it's done loads, it's done wonders for like trades and like awareness of people in the trades. Like I go on social media now and I see women who are like, like absolutely like smashing it as like plasterers, plumbers, electricians, bricklayers, other female masons, like, and I think that helps for like younger girls who are wanting to look at alternative careers and they see women doing it. And if you have that like awareness and that, um, if you're like exposed to other women doing these jobs, it gives you the confidence to then go ahead and do it. Um, But I think it can be a pretty toxic environment as well. And I think social media used well can be helpful, but can be harmful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I think you're right. And I think young people are a lot more exposed to, different jobs and they're a bit more aware than we were. And we were just like, oh, you have to go university. That's that's it. Just pick something you like. Um, (laughs) I I think it does. And I think, you know, these these positive role models and there are a lot of them at the moment i think it's a i think it's a really good thing that you yeah, can it's now great. type it's, type yeah. into google and you get like a picture of a female and a male doing it as opposed to just yeah. a male Do representation you, is so yeah. important oh i think people God. don't realize yeah. how important representation is like just seeing someone that looks like you doing a certain job can have such a big impact Absolutely, absolutely. You have to, uh, and you have to see it to believe you can do the same thing. And to see someone doing well in a, in a role and moving up and doing all these different things, I think, if you can see that, you believe you can do it as well. It's just inherent. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. You're on about tox. Do you get a lot of toxic messages on your social media? Then Rachel, um, I can't imagine-, imagine you do, but.
1: Not necessarily I think I'm one of the lucky ones. Do you know what? I think it's because I'm older, I maybe don't get the like inappro the same inappropriate messages as a lot of the younger women do. Right. I think there's a lot of inappropriate messaging because it is male populated, so there is yeah you see a lot like we're kind of on similar kind of groups and like chats and stuff and you see that women are getting really inappropriate messages which is like horrendous I've been quite lucky that I've not had that many um I get people asking me about like secret societies and stuff because I'm a mason <laughs> they think I'm a freemason they think I'm like some kind of illuminati they think like I have people messaging me about like the pyramids and the aliens and I get like some straight up weird I was like asking me like yeah but the pyramids that were built by aliens and people will tell me that my job isn't real that it's all cast in concrete that there's no such thing as stonemasons <laughs> that it's
0: all like um, all an illusion and like loads of stuff like that Oh my God. That's really funny. You get a, a wide spectrum. See, no one ever messages me about pyramids and, and anything <laughs> like that, but I, I'd be quite yeah. amused if they did. It'd it certainly be a, a, a notch up from the messages oh, I get. Yeah. Currently. If someone messaged you and was like, your job's imaginary, it doesn't exist, you're an alien. <laughs> like, okay, mate. <laughs> <She's Aluminati>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not then, though. <laughs> Not that no, you can no, say. Good, yeah, yeah. Not that, that you would <laughs> say if you were Illuminati, yeah, anyway. Yeah, obviously. Like, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Like. <laughs> that I think is. I think it's <laughs> <how> random. <laughs> um, well, uh, one last question. I'm kind of. Ra- I'm going to wrap up here, unless you uh, got anything else you want to go to, Rachel. Oh, yeah, no? I, I'm enjoying it far too much. I can keep going forever, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I always ask people at the end of my podcast the same question. So the question I always ask is one thing we can all do to make the construction industry better. But I know you're slightly outside of the construction industry in a different <laughs> way. So I'm going to rephrase it a little bit. So one thing we can all do to make trades more appealing to everyone. Uh
1: representation and support I think and not just I think it's great that you get these like women supporting women and like this big like movement for like female empowerment especially like on Instagram with all these like young female tradies is awesome but you still don't see I'm gonna really like put myself on the line here you don't see that from a lot of the guys You don't, there's a lot of big male led accounts or big companies that tailor to men that still aren't like inclusive of women that still aren't representing women that will still always like pick a guy to represent them over a woman every single time. And it just isn't the representation still. And it's great that there are so many women supporting each other, but like the guys need to step up a bit as well. Cause like the construction industry is only 10% isn't it only 10% are women and of that 10%, only 2% are on the tools? 2%, so a 2% are on trade. yeah. It's great that that 2% are all supportive of each other, but that other 98% does also need to be supportive of us as well. That
0: would be great. That's my only yeah. takeaway from that. Uh, and I, I really like that answer. And it is, it is about representation and it is definitely about support. And, you know, and we, we talked between us, we're on that group, and like you say, we see a lot of women and you see women who are supported very well and you see women who just have a really, really awful, horrible time. Yeah. And I think we need to cut that out. And there's there's different points throughout the process where we lose women for a variety of reasons. And most of them are lack of support.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's all very well. Women supporting women is awesome, but yeah, we yeah, the ninety-eight percent who are we usually on the show. Yeah, we need <laughs> allies, guys. It's okay. You can be on our team as well.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you for having me. It's been really, yeah, it's been really fun. Thank you. <laughs>